Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. For VO industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe using the subscribe button on this site. I'm Gary McFadden, the podcast co-host along with Julie Williams. Hello and welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. Today's guest is a multi-talented voice actor, Josh Alexander. He was a recent speaker at the online One Voice Conference USA and has a book out about succeeding in voiceover titled VoiceOvers, A Super Business, A Super Life. Josh Alexander, welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. Thank you for having me, Gary. Appreciate it. Although you've been a full-time voiceover talent since 2016, you were doing voiceovers as part of an earlier career since way back in 1993. Is that right? That's right. Off and on. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did uh, how did voiceover figure in your earlier career? Boy, well, earlier on, I uh, so this is no secret actually because I've I've stated it in a number of places. Maybe a source of shame, but we'll deal with that <laughs> later. I actually started in telemarketing. Uh, and I was selling PSAs to local businesses who wanted to sponsor them on the air. And uh, a client said, or a soon-to-be client said, we'll buy, but only if you read. And, or if you can do it on the air. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just the sales guy. <laughs> let me ask. And I asked, I said, hey, they'll, they'll buy if I can read. They let me read. And I said, I really, really like this. So uh, I've been doing it off and on. I had been doing it off and on since 93 at that company and in, uh, you know, like independent companies that produce jingles and so on and so forth. But then I started a multimedia production company informally in the late or, or mid nineties, rather, no, sorry, late nineties and started doing corporate video production mm-hmm. when the corporate clients would want a voiceover and the, the video was wrapped. Uh, they'd say, great job. Now we just need a voiceover. And I was like, Oh, uh, well I, I can do that. And so I added on another service to that client and the rest is history. What made you decide to go after voiceover full-time? So I think I wandered away from my my first love is how I usually like to put it. Um, I've always been a singer. So I was doing uh, songs and producing musical albums and, you know, performing and touring. And I liked that. I liked it a lot. But when it really came down to it, it's I'm just not a perform in front of people kind of guy. Mm. Um, too much of just... I don't know. There's, I have a lot of like Michael Jackson influences in my stage performance and people were like, oh, okay, he's trying to be Michael. So it just felt a little awkward and I just feel so much better behind the mic. Um, I mean, in a, in a studio behind the camera. And uh, so I did that for many years and, and just wandered away and it was kind of on the periphery. And then I, I guess accidentally got into um, the corporate and wedding videography thing full time. And then that industry Lately, particularly for the wedding side of it, has just turned into a mind-numbingly um, insane affair that's really narcissistic and cruel. Huh. <laughs> so I was like, I, I got to get away from this. What can I do? And I had an epiphany where I was like, well, duh, I've been doing voiceovers. Why don't I just pursue those full time? And that was in 2016. And again, the rest was history. The rest is history. So I've just finished. I'm just finishing your book, uh, and again, that title is "Voiceovers: A Super Business, A Super Life." I've read a good many of the voiceover books out there, from Elaine Clark, Paul Strickwierda, Mark Cashman, Dave Gervasier, James Allberger, and a lot of others. And I've got to say, your book is totally different from any other VO book I've read. You you cover <laughs> technique, 
Uh, you cover some equipment items, uh, topics that some of these other books cover. But you really delve into not just the business of being a voice talent, but the day-to-day challenges of what it's like to be in the trenches. Did you mm-hmm. set out to write a completely different voiceover book? Um, boy, so I set out to write a book. Let's just say that. Uh, I didn't want to... I don't like to be pigeonholed, number one. So I don't want to say, well, this book is exclusively about this. Um, if you, you know, if you pay attention to my my blog at all, uh, several of the chapters there will will derive from the blog, um, and the blog is more satirical in nature. The blog is much more uh, encouragement, day in the life through the eyes of a voiceover talent, and so on and so forth. And so I really wanted to kind of bring the experiential side of of the voiceover life. And that's why it's called a super business and a super life. I I didn't want to uh, be pigeonholed and boxed in by doing just a single topic. I wanted it to be really well-rounded. And I think some people are critical of that, critical of that, excuse me, for a little bit. And then other people are, wow, I really, you know, like you said, I really like this. It's, it's um, eclectic and it's diverse in its approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the latter. Okay. If, if there's a thread or a theme running through your book that, that I saw, it's that voiceover is a marketing game and more to the point that it's a numbers game. Did you realize that right away, given some of your marketing background, or is that an attitude you grew into? Well, the marketing, no, I've, I've been realizing that just over the course of several years in business. Um, it, re- it really is a numbers game. But with auditions, it's funny because I do a lot of... Uh, of consults just free of charge to aspiring uh, voice talent and established voice talent that want to up their game. Uh-huh. And they are half hour, their, their video consults where we just talk about, you know, where they're at. And um, I think ultimately the problem that a lot of people have is they don't actually treat this like a business hmm. um, or they're just amazed and, and frankly appalled that I would do so many auditions per week while we're actors. And that's how we get jobs is we audition to get roles the more roles that I auditioned for, the more I'm going to potentially get cast and the more I'm going to, um, you know, make better business revenue. But um, yes, numbers game. I, I think I always knew that because I've done drama since high school and auditioned for a few roles and this and that. Uh-huh. The marketing side of it really only came to the, the knowledge of the marketing side of it really only came to prominence in my in my conscience, my conscious mind uh, when I officially started business in 2007 when I went full-time and left my, my day job in 2007. Mm-hmm. And that just became an absolute necessity. If I wanted to eat, I needed to reach out to people. Yeah, um, There's just no way around it. You have to be able to put your services out there. I, I think there are a lot of people out there that get into voiceover. They join a pay-to-play site. They submit 50 or 100 auditions over the space of two or three months. They don't see a lot of success. And then say, well, I guess this isn't the business for me. Yeah. But it sounds like you might knock out, what, 50 auditions a week? No, actually, it's closer to 50 auditions a day. Wow. Um, I do about 200 to 250 auditions per week. Now, I did take last Friday off, so I had uh, <laughs> I, I had 180. So I felt slacker. Yeah, slacker. I know. I know. String them up. I, um, boy, yeah, it's a numbers game, number one. But number two, I love auditioning. And I love the marketing side. And once you start um, wearying of either of those, you're in trouble. Uh, the auditioning side of it, there's so many facets to of positivity to auditioning. One, you could get the job. Two, you could be referred for another job. Uh, three, you simply get on their roster. 
Four, you're referred out to another studio that they think you might be good to work with. Five, it's just great refinement of your existing talent and approach. So it's a five-prong um, or a five-fold benefit in auditioning. Uh-huh. So that's why I do it. Well, sticking with auditioning for a moment, you, you uh, mentioned in your book that you treat every audition as a paid job. Can you expand on that a bit? Yeah, I, I, I cannot remember his name right now. I was just going to say that too. Uh, Bill, Bill Olson or something said his coach said that uh, the audition is the paid job. And then if I get awarded the actual role, that's icing on the cake. Huh. But the audition is your best foot forward. And I, I wrote a blog once called You'll Never Get a 100% Job Off of a 50% Audition. And because a, cli- a colleague of mine said, oh, I saved my, I saved my, you know, my fuel in the tank for the real job when it's actually cast. I don't want to give my all in the audition. And I was kind of perplexed by that because you're never going to get the job unless you put, you know, give them a hundred percent there. Great point. I just want to note that your, uh, your list of 16 approaches to take during uh, recording an audition mm-hmm. is probably alone worth the price of the book. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. uh, I'm printing that out, that, that section out and taping it to my monitor. <laughs> I love Good. that section. Good. So something that caught my attention during your uh, One Voice conference presentation was your discussion of contacting up to 150 people every day, many of those through cold emails. Did I misunderstand that number? No, not at all. So <clears throat> um, I I am very diligent in marketing. Um, and I've received a lot of training from a lot of different sources over the years, and I, and I value each and every one of them. But you have to continue to get your, your irons in the fire. You have to continue to reach out every day. And one way I, I prefer, I mean, I like social media marketing. I like LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and Reddit and Quora and Facebook and, and every, every social media outlet you can find. But I really prefer straight email marketing. Um, there are contacts out there that are listed in directories. Um, they're listed in associations. And you simply have to Google that, you know, video producer directory, video production association, so on and so forth. And see if you can find a bunch of email addresses for contacts that are legitimately your target audience. Write them. Personalize those emails, of course. Don't just say, hi, name, and, you know, hope that they're going to respond. Personalize them. And... Uh, and, and build your your client list that way. I get a lot of responses over direct email. I want to follow up on that and put it a little, a little context around my question. In the 80s and 90s, I was the executive director of a not-for-profit membership-based organization. And during my time, we grew that organization from about 1,700 members to 40,000 members. And we did that using what a lot of people call junk mail, but we called direct mail opportunities. We purchased the lists, mailed the packages to these unsuspecting individuals, and hoped for a 3% conversion, and it was a numbers game, just like you've been talking about. In marketing voiceover skills, other than email lists that I suppose exist for advertising agencies and probably agents, there isn't a way to reach large groups of potential clients. But what I've heard from your presentation and in your book is that there is a way, you just outlined some of it, that you you find lists and you use what uh, I believe you called in your book an email spider. Uh, can you take a moment and describe that process? Of course. 
So it is somewhat controversial because you are data mining and not a lot of people are, are happy with the internet in this day and age with regards to, you know, you can find my phone number online. Well, with me, I mean, it's, it's, it's right there. It's business number, but personal numbers, personal residences, you know, background histories and, and all that stuff. People are just kind of like, there's just too much information availability uh, and lack of privacy that way. So you kind of have to walk a fine line in terms of your conscience when you when you approach something like an email spider. An email spider is simply a tool. It's a software application that you download. Find your target um, website or directory online. Let's say uh, videoproducerdirectory.com. I don't think it exists, but anyway. Uh, you, you find that site. You send the email spider to that site and tell the, the program, which is pr- pretty much autonomous. It knows what to do already. Those darn spiders are so smart. Uh, But it will return to you anything with a, um, I think it's called a delimiter, if I remember, delimiter at delimiter.com. Okay. Um, So it returns anything with an at symbol in it that has an email address. It may not necessarily be a legitimate email. Uh, It may be outdated. They may have moved on from that domain, that, that host, like Hotmail, Yahoo, Gmail, whatever. But nonetheless, it does return a, a wide... Um, uh, dearth. I always wanted to say dearth uh, of of emails to you. Dearth, such a great word. It's like nougat, just such a good word. So it returns this this big dearth of emails to you. You harvest those emails, export them to like an Excel database, and just work off work off them every day diligently. So I will copy the email. I'll have my template email set up, which is you know uh, I ask them need a voiceover artist with under under one hour turnaround time. That's my subject line. Okay. And then I have the template email inside the email that is short and to the point. And I, um, I will send that, that email, but it, you know, the template email says hi name, and I'm simply copying the email address, putting it in the two line, copying the name. If I can derive the name from the email address, or if it's harvested from the, uh, email extractor and I'll substitute name with their actual name. Okay. Sometimes you have an info at, uh, info at Doug's Audio or whatever. You just say, um, you know, hi, Doug's Audio or Bob's Video. Hi, Bob's Video or hi, hello to the team at Bob's Video Production, whatever. Be smart. And I just send them one by one. I don't do a bulk batch email thing because that's a little impersonal and I don't want to make a mistake. And it doesn't take as long as people think. Interesting. Well, you know, I, I acquired one of the programs you mentioned in your book and uh, I have tried it out on a couple of the the topic areas, including e-learning and video production, I think. And I must say, you can build some large lists very quickly. You already answered my next question, which was, I, I noticed that a lot of the email addresses came back with not names, but info at and that sort of thing. But um, but you find that, that even going to a, what I'd call a very cold email name, it still works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're going to, oftentimes info at is merely a forwarding email or support at or contact at. Um, they're just forwarding emails that go to the person who is currently assigned to field those those particular um, inquiries via their website or wherever. Uh, it may be the head honcho in charge. It may be the, the key decision maker who's just simply using a masked um, alias email to perhaps protect his his real name, and then he can divert those to somebody else if he wants to. Uh-huh. But <clears throat> overall, it's pretty successful. Out of about 150 emails I send uh, per day, I'm probably getting maybe maybe 20, uh, 10 to 20 bounce backs. Um, 
or auto replies. I actually would say that it's probably closer to 20, but many of those are auto replies, like out of the office. Mm -hmm. There are several bounce backs, so they're not all legitimate, but uh, I'd say that's a pretty good return. I don't remember which service it was that I subscribed to a few years ago to try to obtain some legitimate marketing emails, but I received several bounce backs from their list and uh, was quite surprised because they said it was, you know, they said it, the legitimacy and the veracity of these emails was a lot higher than it turned out to be. Uh-huh. Well, I think this is just a, a fascinating area of, of marketing. And you, you mentioned that it's somewhat controversial, but again, I don't personally see the difference between mailing to self-compiled lists like you're doing and what I was doing with mailing thousands of unsuspecting magazine subscribers asking if they might be interested in our organization. And right. over time, thousands said yes, they were. And mm. that's how we grew. And, and it sounds like that's how you're growing. Yeah, that's all you do. I think you have to possess a certain amount of shrewdness in business and, and moreover, a certain amount of shamelessness. You have an incredibly valuable service. That's why I provide these consults to people who are starting out. Um, I, I didn't ever go to Fiverr, uh, which is the F word in the voiceover industry. <laughs> um, it just is because it fuels this um, uh, this race to the bottom gig economy mindset that's bargain basement, Walmart, you know, clearinghouse. Yeah. And I never went there and I don't want people to go there. Mm-hmm. You have to be shameless because the service that you're offering is so valuable. The native God-given human voice. You can't just go sell that out for a thousand words for five bucks right. on Fiverr. It, does, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It's far more valuable. So I try to communicate worth. You know your incredible, immeasurable worth in these consults. Um, part of that is just is talking about how the shameless side of it in marketing is just. Well, I have to be shameless. You you need my service. It's a great, great service. That's an excellent approach. So the bottom line is you send out more than 100 cold emails a day. You search for 20 potential content connects on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You send batches of emails to real estate agents. I'm picking all of this up from your book. I, you're doing this every day. I wonder that you have any time to do any voice work. Uh, <laughs> I, I suspect that along with people like Mark Scott, you believe that a very high percentage of time in a voiceover business should be spent marketing to potential clients. What would you estimate your time split to be between marketing and actual voicing time in your own business? Well, one of the things that I talked about at the One Voice conference was muscle memory. And once you develop muscle memory and you do it every day with your iPhone or your your Android uh, and your desktop and any other interface that you work with, you have muscle memory. So after a while, things become more um, uh, routine. You know, you're not working so hard to to implement what you need to do, and it's kind of reaching that point of the the uh, unconsciously competent uh, or the consciously competent stage. If you remember the four stages, you're there. You start at um, unconsciously incompetent, and then you end up at consciously competent. And uh, I forget where it came from, but anyway. Uh, the muscle memory helps me to uh, do things quickly. So when people say, how do you find the time to do all that marketing? It really doesn't take as long as people think. I get all my marketing done in one day in under an hour. And then I have seven left, eight left, whatever, to do the rest. Wow. So um, auditioning, you know, again, that's what we do. I've got a studio. I like being in the studio. A good audition comes through and I want to jump in the studio if I can, you know, unless it's, 
unless it's for a 12 year old Caribbean female, uh, I don't fit those specs. So <laughs> I don't usually get those kind of those erroneous casting notices, but uh, you find, you know, I'm certainly not African American, and sometimes I get African American, and I just can't do that voice. So and an African American should do that voice. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the the ratio. People say 80-20. It's more for me like a 95-5 when I'm not auditioning, when I'm not actually recording jobs. I'm trying to find more sources. I'm trying to find and do more marketing. I think there's balance. Um, There's definitely balance throughout my day, but the marketing side of it in, in terms of going down my goals checklist for the day of marketing doesn't take nearly as long as people think. Yeah, it just sounds like a great approach. Josh Alexander, I very much regret to say that we're out of time. I've really enjoyed talking to you about your book and about what I see as a unique approach to voiceover marketing. Take a moment and tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and where they can get a copy of your book. Thank you. I will. Well, I hope the book utterly inspires people. Um, I call it Bio-Anic-Struction. It's part biography, part anecdotes, and part instruction. Um, <laughs> It's 310 pages of inspiration that says you actually can do this as a career and how thoroughly satisfying it is. So you can go to supervoiceoverbook.com or voiceoversuperbook.com for those of you who suffer listexia. Um, (laughs) Supervoiceoverbook.com will get you the book. Uh, You can subscribe to the Voice Actor blog for weekly satire, inspiration, encouragement. That's voiceactorblog.com. Okay. And um, otherwise, just go to uh, saysomethingjosh.com for my website. You'll find all kinds of goofy pictures and professional info and well-produced demos and, and a lot, a lot of passion for what I do. VoiceOvers rescued me from wedding videography. I'm a thankful guy. <laughs> Josh, thanks very much for taking time out of what I'm sure is another very busy day for you. Yeah, I got to go do marketing. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back.